Alright guys, uh, welcome to the Lift Fitness Podcast. So this week is week 10, this is episode 10. Yeah. And yeah, it's going alright so far. Going great. I really enjoy recording these. I think I say this every episode, but I actually like, each time I come in, I'm like, I, I, it's gonna, I, each time I wake up on a Friday, I'm like, podcast day. Podcast so, day. It's just like, I don't know, it's a completely different sort of, because I know it's weird to think, like when I wake up now, it's just like, Oh, today I'm recording a podcast as if it's just nothing, as if it's like the usual stuff now. It's just yeah, it's, uh, I really kind of look forward. I think it's, um, I think when we very first started, I mean, we are just, at the minute, we are just sort of finding our feet with it. Uh, and I think that the one thing that we want it to be is not overly complex. We want the information to be easily digestible. Um, and I think that that comes to more if we can just relax a little bit and, mm. and just talk. And so really. make, it, make it actionable and use real life examples yeah, of what you could do. That's the biggest thing because at the minute and, and everything, there's just a lot of information. Everybody's kind mm. of consumed by media, um, consumed by a lot of information that's just doing the rounds. Yeah. And it's, you know. Netflix documentaries. Netflix documentaries, yeah. Uh, which, speaking of which, we, we our follow Friday this week is is Liam Norton, uh, and one of the reasons that pick Liam Norton, far from the fact he's been he's a super smart dude, followed him for years. Uh, there's a big documentary if you haven't heard about it already called The Game Changers, and Liam Norton basically just wipes the floor with everything that is said on this documentary, mm-hmm. uh, but he backs every single thing up that he says with evidence, and I think that's one of the biggest takeaways to take from that. I think from the game changers point of view, it's very biased. Yeah. Very cherry picked. Yeah, very, very, very cherry picked from what I can gather. Um and Lane Norton basically just destroys everything in that, but again backed up by Evans and everybody who we're kind of bringing forward from this for people to follow and the ones we have brought through the last three weeks was like Brett Contreras, Martin McDonald, now Lane Norton, they're all use evidence yeah evidence based and you know if you want the science side of things then these are the guys to follow you know we're not going to bring you research every week and get really science on you that's not our our area our area is more the implementation we want you to take away everything we're saying and then implementing it so we try to kind of put across in a really simplistic way mm. um i think one abbreviation i learned it university was KISS and it was K-I-S-S keep it simple stupid which I don't really like and I did actually change this to keep it stupid simple because keep it simple stupid implies people are stupid and I don't really like implying people are stupid because I'm not mm. um, but what I thought it could be keep it super super stupid or keep it super, super simple super simple even that's what I was thinking but I was thinking about the word stupid for some reason but I think everybody yeah, well, everybody but I think because we live in an age of information overload, um, we, it's easy to get consumed. Actually, um, I got an email the other day. It was actually one someone who's unsubscribed from me emails, which I'm always a little bit sad about when that happens. I do take it a little bit personally when I shouldn't. Anyway, he, he did give us some feedback. Um, and he said he really loved the, the emails, but he didn't have time to read these emails. Now, bear in mind, everything I put out is just... It, it gives you strategies to use mm. as opposed to this is what something is. This is a uh, more, this is how you can do that. That's a more of an implementer. Yeah. So that's what my emails are based around. Um, and then he gave us a book, a recommended book to read. And it was, um, I, I can't remember what the book was called now, but it was basically, is a calorie just a calorie? And it was a big, long, thick book based on a calorie, not just being a calorie. But he hasn't got time to read the emails and implement the strategies I'm giving him. But he has time to read a big, long-ass book mm. about a calorie not being a calorie. What the hell does it matter? Really? Like, honestly, it's, I think the whole point is people are getting too consumed with information and actually forgetting about the implementation. Mm. You know, if you kind of, if you can go on a big, long run about why a calorie isn't just a calorie and how it reacts differently in your body, but yet you're still overweight and you can't get your routine and the structure and things sorted out and what does it matter what a calorie is yeah what does it matter that it's a tiny little bit less or a tiny little bit more than what it kind of states it's 
you're going sort of to the very extreme of it and sort of knowing what's like sort of delving into expert level stuff yeah. when really we just need to sort of start implementing the basic stuff literally the easiest stuff such as literally just getting doing stuff really that's probably the best way I can sort of explain it it is and it is implementation and that's what a lot of people are missing it's not it's an abundance of information you need to implement mm -hmm. implement strategies start building structure start building routine and stop over analyzing the details and just start doing basic stuff keep it simple yeah kiss remember kiss if you can remember anything off this podcast remember kiss yeah pretty much but um i think one one of the things we wanted to touch on today was uh, a little bit about just the female mm. side of training yeah uh, i know aaron did ask me a question last week and i'm gonna be honest i wasn't 100 percent happy with the <laughs> answer I, I, I found it i found last week quite hard i, I found it i thought it was um weird like a challenging sort of weird like i weirdly enjoyed it like because i quite realized that i quite enjoyed sort of being put on the spot in like 90 seconds to answer and i was just like some of the questions i wasn't expecting whatsoever i thought it was going to be like sort of because i don't know if any of you noticed from last week sort of the difference in questions because i thought we were going for like sort of like fitness and all the other sort of past podcasts and then obviously kia didn't go with fitness ones and was like oh what's what's your mission in life that one really <laughs> threw us and i was like all right fair, like fair enough i just need to sort of and then but I quite enjoyed it in a way. I was sort of put on the spot and just sort of thrown in the deep end and just had to. Are you either going to sink or swim? I know, like, exactly. I kind of felt you swam a little bit last week, Aaron. I thought you were doing really well. <laughs> um, I felt I, sw I sank a little bit. But, you know, I, I think the whole point of what we're trying to do is just to say that, I don't know, it, it doesn't matter. It's, yeah. You know, I think one, one, of the, one of the principles I'm trying to do this year, I'm trying to stick by this year, is not overanalyzing the details of everything. And, you know, even if something, if I'm not 100% happy with it and I'm only 70% happy with it, still put it out because mm. at least I'm going to still be putting information out there. Yeah. And what I've done in the past is just kind of held back and held back and held back. Um, and I'm trying to get kind of past that a little bit this year. This is, this is my big task, yeah. my big mission for this year. And then and one of the things that we kind of touched on last week was about the female training side of things. Um, and it was the Bulkan myth. This one is the biggest fear, I would say, for females uh, because the lifting weights or strength training has always been a male dominant area. Uh, and we still get females coming through now who've never ventured into the weight room because they don't feel that they're accepted in there mm. um, it feels like it's out of place and it's not their domain which from here from our perspective it's completely different yeah it's I like mean, on like the majority of sort of members here female well pretty so. much i mean most of our clients are females yeah um and most of them are freaking strong as hell oh yeah and none of them are bulky none of them resemble she-hulk she the, the, you know, the biggest factor in muscle building, I mentioned this last week, is testosterone. And women produce 10 to 15, depending on where you read your research from, less than a male. And just to kind of put that in perspective a little bit, it's extremely hard, even for a man, mm. to build muscle. Yeah. It, it, honestly, it is. It's one of, the, one of the things that people say when they very first come to lift is, I don't want to be huge. And the first thing I say is, look, I've been lifting weights since I was 15 years old, <laughs> and 38, and I'm nowhere near huge. So if you can take anything from it, if you have seen what I look like, not like a teeny tiny little <laughs> thing. But <laughs> like I, I, man. Yeah, but I'm, I'm nowhere near a big person. I'm the complete opposite of that, really. And you know, unless you actually train specifically for bulk, mm. then... You're not, you're not going to get bulky and eat like it as well. Yeah, you've got to eat. Your, your calories have to reflect what you're trying to do as well. And if you're trying to lose body fat, then you've got to be in a deficit. If you're trying to add weight, then you've got to be in a surplus. Um, I think one of the things that I have noticed through training women, though, is everybody has this. Everybody has this sort of. You can like Aaron. You you've got like, big cars. 
right? I've got <laughs> tiny cars, right? I've always struggled with my cars. Did you do any car training? No, I think I've done some once on the leg press just to see how it felt, and I look, I hate it. If you, if you see Aaron's cars, his dad's the same. He's got these like, really huge <laughs> developed cars, and he doesn't even train his calves. So you know, everybody has these areas of the body where they're just responding very, very quickly without even having to try. And that's just something that you have in your genetics. You can't really mm. change that. But then same time, with, um, there's also like the drawbacks as well. So like, say, I'm the, although I've got like, sort of genetically gifted cars, as I, would, as I would call them, my chest, on the other hand, like, no matter how much I sort of do on that, and no matter how much I sort of eat, that doesn't, I don't see any growth in that area, regardless of the amount of training. But then sort of my dad sort of said he was similar when he was younger. Yes, so you, have, you, you will have areas that you kind of really struggle to build. Um, like for me, I don't really struggle with the chest, never have done. Um, legs on the other hand, again, like sparrow legs, <laughs> tiny calves. And it, I've, I'll be honest, I don't really train my calves because I'm not really that interested now. Mm. Years ago, I was really paranoid about it. It was something I wouldn't even wear shorts. I, I, I wouldn't even go to shop out of the house with wearing shorts. I was so paranoid about it. Um, but I just find it really difficult to build, build my legs up. But, and I have had female clients who they don't need to do a lot and they do add mass in mm. certain areas. And you, you know, you, you can't get past that, but it doesn't mean it's necessarily done with, with the actual training that they're doing. Um, you know, if you go back to sort of the step aerobic era, you know, when women were kind of spending half an hour, 45 minutes an hour, jumping up and down on, on boxes, have you seen? Have you seen them? Aaron? Yeah. Jane <laughs> uh, Fonda years when we were up and down on step aerobics, and back then it was a lot of volume through the quads and through the lower body. So women ended up with quite chunky thighs because mm. it's a volume of constantly working, bang, 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 on that specific area. And if you're constantly working on that specific area, then you would be more inclined to maybe add a bit more muscle there. Yeah. So I think from that side of it. it there's, there's a couple of things you can think about. So if you are a female, listen to this, and maybe you find areas that you do add more muscle easily to, um, and we'll just use your legs, for example, because it is quite a common one. Reduce the volume. If you're doing loads and loads of volume, then that can contribute to adding mass in specific areas. So like if a bodybuilder, for example, say, I'll use me as an example. So for the past sort of 12 months, I've wanted to build some mass on the shoulders because I've always had quite slender shoulders so for the past 12 months I've put a lot of emphasis on the shoulders so I've put a lot of volume through the shoulders and I've seen a big change in it I've seen a difference in body shape just because of that so if you are adding a lot of volume to certain areas then you are much more inclined to add a little bit of mass mm. um, and the other side of it is focus on other factors as opposed to just getting heavy 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 all the time you know, if you are, instead of say, we take a squat for example, if you are finding your legs are getting bulky, don't try to progress that lift every time you're coming in. What you can do is just move better, um, work on tempos, work on pauses at the bottom, uh, just get proficient at that movement. And mm. um, this will sort of, you're not, although you're still challenging your body, you're not putting too much stress. Yeah, to a point when which it grows sort of a lot, a lot or too much yeah. in most people's case. And even even in that case, even if you know you are starting to add a little bit of mass, it's only going to happen. It's only going to go so far. Mm. You're not going to wake up one day with quads the size of I don't know watermelons. Yeah, watermelons. Uh, watermelons. Watermelons. Are they actually? I don't think they're quite big in like sort of comparison to people's legs. Probably not. To be fair, what's a big fruit? I'm not saying that we need to use a fruit like, but it could be anything. Really. It could be a barrel. That's a bit more. Kegs. Yeah, it sounds kind of fat belly, doesn't it? Yeah, actually. Mm, tree trunks. Tree trunks, yeah. So it doesn't mean you're going to wake up with tree trunk legs. You will have a limit to what you can go to, and then you've got to get really sort of specific yeah. after that. But you might see a little bit of change. Um, and if it is, is there's a couple of things that you can kind of think about. Um, but the biggest thing is, if you're in a calorie deficit, you're going to find even harder to build muscle. You, you are. I mean, you can't build something from nothing. And mm -hmm. I think this is the biggest thing as well. If, if you're in a calorie deficit, you've got to imagine this as 
I think you've summed it up quite well the other day. You don't know, Bricks, you use Bricks as an example that we were run back a couple of weeks ago. Yes. I like your analogy. So, say, I think the way, I can't remember in what context I explained it, but sort of, if you think of calories as Bricks, it's like, say, maintenance is the amount of Bricks sort of used to keep a building as it is. Surplus, if you've got more Bricks, you'll add another floor on, add another building on. But then, say, if it's a surplus, you're essentially taking a level down. You're removing a few Bricks. If you keep on giving bricks and you give it, keep on giving bricks to a builder, then you're gonna, yeah, you're gonna get it's gonna get bigger as the house is gonna get bigger. Yeah, you know, if you want to kind of maintain where you're at, you like the house how it is, and then you know you've got don't give the bricks, don't give the builder any more bricks. Yeah, and then if you want to maybe sort of get a a more slender house, yeah, I think because I can sort of visualize it in my head. You know, like. In my head, whilst I was saying all of that, I could see a little builder going up and down a little house like Wreck-It Ralph and like fixing Felix. <laughs> going up and down like Wreck-It Ralph was bringing them down, fixing fixing Felix was like, oh, he's, he's, ate a few, he's ate a few more slices of pizza than he should have. Let's add another floor on. But like, so that's what I was envisioning. So unless you actually have kids or you're the same age as Aaron, Wreck-It Ralph's like a cartoon. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, just realised. <laughs> But he's basically a big cartoon character who destroys buildings and who builds it back up again. Essentially, he all he does, I don't if you obviously you'll know who he is if you've seen the film. But in the film, he goes around going, "Oh, I'm gonna wreck it," and starts to break all the windows in the house. And fix it, Felix is like, I don't know if he actually says I'm gonna fix it, but he goes around fixing it. I would just say, like, "Fix this." Yeah, I mean, fix this. Something, uh, something like that. Some little sort of cartoon arcade game sort of. Noise. So anyway, calorie deficit and bricks, if that makes any sense. <laughs> makes sense to me in our own so but I, as an example of this, I had um I had this I had this client, it was a few years ago now, and she hadn't done any strength training before. Now if you haven't done any strength training before, you are gonna get an effect of muscle gain. You will add a little bit of muscle to begin with. And she hadn't done any any strength training, it was kind of new to her. Um and she started complaining about her work t-shirts were starting, work shirts were starting to get tight on the arms. And I kept asking, what, what, how, how was your food? How was your food? But it was just like, mm, I said, it's all right. I knew it wasn't. I knew she was still in the surplus. She was tons of things she was doing. And um, we weren't tracking. She wouldn't track. Uh, but we were trying to kind of work on it. And I knew she wasn't in a calorie deficit. She was mm -hmm. still in a calorie surplus, slight surplus. And then I kind of challenged her one time, says, look, because she was getting, it was really getting it down. I said, look, for the next four weeks, I want you to track your calories and I want you to be in, in a slight calorie deficit. Be as honest as you can and just mail it. And I said, I guarantee you will feel so much better. Anyway, she kind of says, right, okay, I'm going to do it. Um, she wasn't a direct client. She was one of the clients we had in the group. Mm -hmm. um, she was like in our group training and I was just kind of helping with the nutrition. Anyway, I, was, I remember I was sitting in the office one day I was doing some work and she's just come bounding through the door and the door just opened up. I was, I was like, don't know what the hell's going on. I thought someone was coming to tap us with a bat or something. I thought someone kicked it off the hinges. So someone kicked it off. She just came booing at the room and she was just absolutely ecstatic. And she had this vest on and she just starts squeezing it. And she's like, look, 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 look. She had this, started to get this definition of a tricep. Mm. And she was absolutely ecstatic that she could sing a muscle. But then she started telling us how her work shirts actually start to feel a lot looser. And they weren't tight on her arms anymore. She's actually really crying. Yeah. It was so kind of powerful to her. And it, I'd been trying to kind of get the point to her for a long, long time about if you're in a surplus, it doesn't matter what training you're doing. If you're in a calorie surplus, you're going to add weight. Well, whether that's fat mass or muscle mass, you are going to add weight if you're in a calorie surplus. If you're in a deficit, you're going to find it very, very difficult to either add fat or add muscle. So this is why just understanding what you're trying to get out of your training and if you are looking to get a little bit leaner then you need to be in that calorie deficit and if you are you'll find it very very difficult to add muscle mm -hmm. i think that's kind of the best way to yeah push that forward so i you know, hope that helped a little bit yeah. yeah it made sense to me i was just sort of nodding along but i think from a um from a from a strength side of things it's, it has so many more benefits than just body composition. And a lot of people get struck, struck on just the body composition. Yeah. 
And I think even with the body composition, so I think with that, people feel a lot better about themselves and even like sort of people in the gym sort of getting stronger and hitting sort of personal bests as they go. I think that just goes a long way and then it just transfers into over different areas of it's life. It's a massive boost of confidence. You know, if someone can feel better and look better, then it gives them a massive boost of confidence. Mm. Um, I know if members have to do a performance, some of the performance that you're going to do the first pull-up or the first push-up or they just lift a heavy deadlift or whatever it is, it's a massive, massive confidence boost. Yeah. Um, and I think but it has so many more benefits. You know, there's a lot of things, you know, as you kind of get older, your bones and your joints deteriorate. This is why you kind of get osteoarthritis. You know, you, you, your muscles deteriorate, they become weaker, so there's more pressure on the joints. Your joints start deteriorating. And when your joints start deteriorating, they start getting inflamed. This is how you start mm. getting osteoarthritis. Osteoarthritis, to speak. <laughs> osteoarthritis. But if you can keep the joints strong and keep the muscles strong, you know, forget body composition for a second, then you're going to reduce the risk of getting these kind of issues as you get older. Mm. The same as osteoporosis as well, especially in females. It's very prevalent in women as they get older. Um, you know, you generally don't hear about older guys who fall down and break the hips and break the knees and these kind of things. But from the woman's side of it, you do. The bones deteriorate a lot faster than what guys do. Mm -hmm. So for, even from like just the health perspective, from your joints and your bones, just working against resistance is going to have so many more benefits for your long term. Yeah, and I think some, just to go back to sort of like the um, sort of health side of that, I remember it, um, oh yeah, it was the MNU conference in Nottingham, which was just gone in November. And he talks about sort of the importance of sort of, actually was it, I can't remember if it was, either way it was at one of the Martin Nutrition sort of conferences. It goes on about sort of the importance of um, keeping a high protein diet as you get older and sort of supplementing in whey protein and stuff and having a protein shake when you're older just to prevent sort of the breakdown from muscle as quick because it will break down but sort of it's preventing it or sort of slowing it down over time. I can't, I can't remember the exact amount that I, it was. I, I can't remember the actual figures now but I think it's, I mean I remember reading this years ago it was Precision Nutrition. Uh, John Berardi did a big, um, big article on it. Uh, it was something like every year, I think, I'm sure, don't quote us on some sure it was like five pounds of muscle. It might not be, it might be every five years it was five pounds of muscle, maybe a pound a year. I can't remember exactly um, the numbers, but your muscle just deteriorate over time. Now, if you're strength training or you're working against resistance, then you're going to prevent that. Mm. You know, at the very least, you're going to prevent that. And if you're taking a high protein diet, again, you're going to, at the very least, prevent that by replacing any lost muscle or yeah. preserving any muscle that you have. Um, so these are kind of things to think about. Things to consider as you sort of yeah, and getting this, older. This is what I want people to get from this podcast as well. It's not about just the surface stuff. So body composition is great well, because it's a confidence thing, but think of more, in, have more depth yeah. to why you're doing things and have more long-term focus. And you know, it's, it's not just, yeah, let's make a protein shake. And, but yeah, there's a reason why you have the high protein diet. Yeah. And all the other factors that come out as well, which will not get too much into today. I know, because we don't want this one to run like four hours long. That would be impressive if you talk for four hours. I want a very dry throat after four hours. <laughs> um, I mean, it, I, I do want to touch on to the menstrual cycle. Now, I'm just going to put it out here that I am more by means of no expert in this. Um, but I have touched on it a little bit because I do work with a lot of females. Mm. Um, but what I would say is if this is something you really want to get into, definitely do some research. And a couple of guys you can follow with this is um, Martin McDonald does quite a bit on it. Um, I know James Smith, he's getting into it quite a bit at the minute with the female side of things. And Lai McDonald's, Lane McDonald's got a book out, uh, it's called The Women's Book, and this is, I, I bought it, uh, I think it was a couple of years ago, I bought it, it's absolutely phenomenal book. Um, he's got something like, I think it was like 10,000 references, the book. it was ridiculous. Um, and I've seen a couple of videos on that, he's kind of he's been promoting the book and things, but there's just so much in there. It's, it's the most in-depth book about women you could possibly ever read. <laughs> um, and he goes into the depths of the menstrual cycle. I mean, to the point where I could probably read a page and I need to have a break because it was just, just so massively much. overloaded. And from a guy's perspective, it's 
it's quite a, you know, I mean, I'll never experience what, a, what it's like. That's something I can't do. All I can do is relay the information that I learn. I'm never going to experience actually what that's like. Yeah. And, oh, it's, well, that's all you can do, really. You can't even pretend to sort of. No, no. So, by no means, I'm not an expert, but I would like to offer a little bit of sort of advice if anybody listened to it and they would like to kind of just sort of take some things away from it. So, it's kind of, as you know, anyway, there's two parts of menstrual cycles. So there's the follicular phase and there's the luteal phase. Um, so, we're just going to go through a little bit of how you can maybe adapt things for each phase if you needed to. And again, mm -hmm. there's, there's quite a bit of research on it, but it's not really conclusive. And it's more based on individuality. These are just guidelines that's, that's been kind of found out because with research, if you ever see research papers, anything on research was based on the human body, very, very few women are actually included in research because no disrespect, but they're complex. The hormones are so kind of off compared to a guy. You know, guys' testosterone levels are pretty much level for ever, for whatever yeah. reason. I mean, you know, they will dip and they will peak. Um, but from a female perspective, they've got estrogen, they've got progesterone, and they've got testosterone, and all these kind of things are up and down all the time throughout the cycle. So it becomes really difficult to, it's sort, hard of to sort of repeat tests in the same conditions. Sort yeah, of. it's hard to get the conditions right. I know when, I was, when you sent them the notes over and put them in the Dropbox, and then I opened and read them last night, I read that bit and I was like, oh, like, I didn't actually realize that was the reason. But like, it makes sense when you think about it because sort of with a lot of the research that they have to do, they have to repeat like different conditions for each test and stuff mm -hmm. to make sure that they get an accurate results. And obviously, Every single, like every month, will be different. Well, exactly. for a female, and, and, and from uh, I suppose it's never is. I know for a lot of females who I've trained in the past, it's never sort of oh yeah, I've got twenty eight days, and then it's the next twenty eight, whatever it is. That sometimes are very have a lot of irregularity. Yeah. Um, whereas it could change week by week. Uh, certain conditions, environmental conditions, or training conditions, or internal conditions could totally change the actual, you know, the hormones. And or the actual time of the cycle, so there's a lot of there's so much to consider, it's absolutely mind blowing, mm. but it's actually really, really interesting. Um, and to be honest, I think for any guy that's having a little bit of understanding with it, and I think it's important to understand that because uh, I, I remember sort of, um, so James Smith he's got a TED talk on like it's called he calls it like the final word on female fat loss. And after we spoke about that, and sort of like he talked about follicular phase, luteal phase, sort of. All the different hormones and stuff and after that i was like i was actually quite interested so i started like and then uh, martin mcdonald had a few videos on like the mentoring lab but there was something so there's a website there's like a membership site called lift the bar which has got loads of different information like sort of courses and stuff you can do it's like so ones about training business loads of different stuff which i'm which i'm part of and i remember the one on menopause i searched it and i, I must have wa must have watched it about like four times through just because of the little bit that it sort of mentions at the start about the menstrual cycle and the different sort of training implications of it, which I was just absolutely mind blown at. Yeah, I, I just did a, um, I did a course online. It was, it was from Girls Gone Strong. I should check them out as well because they're actually really good for female training. Uh, I've done an online course with them. They're going quite the depths of things. Mm. Uh, everything about the female um, the cycle, uh, the, the physiology, uh, you know, even the biomechanics uh, of the female. It's, it's actually really, really interesting. Uh, but just to kind of touch on a little bit on the menstrual cycle, so just so you can kind of maybe take some things away from it. Uh, so the follicular phase, when you kind of estrogen is, is higher dominant, so it's more dominant phase. The insulin, insulin sensitivity is a little bit higher here, so you could put your carbohydrates up a little bit if you wanted to. So from an energy standpoint, you might have a little bit more energy. And this phase, you're going to have a generally a normal metabolic rate. So you could probably call class this phase as when you're feeling your normal yeah and then obviously when you once you've ovulated then you start coming to the, the luteal phase what happens is the insulin sensitivity lowers and your body has more use for fat so again from this phase it could be maybe used for just some carbohydrates and having a higher fat diet at this point mm -hmm. but again it just it's just seeing what works for you but at this point, and I touched on this last week, is we're having a higher metabolic rate. 
Um, so though you can go from anywhere, again, depending on what research you read, it can go anywhere from 150 up to about three, 400 calories a day, yeah. just by an increase of the metabolic rate. So body temperature increases by half a degree, I think it is. Uh, and then that increases the metabolic rate by that many calories a day. So it could be advantageous to push your calories up a little bit there. But what a lot of people do, and I've noticed this in the past with a lot of females, is this is when they struggle, this is when they're actually staying in the deficit, but they get extremely hungry. Mm. Um, they start getting really crazy cravings. So it could be an idea, instead of being in a deficit at this point, is actually just push it back up the maintenance. You know, because you do have those extra calories that you can play around with. Um, it could help you in the gym, give you a little bit more energy in the gym. And it's just some things to consider. Yeah. I think sort of, say, if you've got, like, say, if you want to spend a month, say, you burn 2,000 calories, you want to spend a month at 1,500, just for square numbers. But so in the first two weeks, that you'll still be in a 500-calorie deficit. But say, on the last two weeks, like the, like sorry, the last phase of it, the luteal phase, where you burn more calories, say if you burn an extra 200 calories, you're going to technically then, would you technically then be in a 700 calorie deficit in a sense at that point? So yeah, if you, if you stayed in that deficit then, and then you had the debt, you had, if you stay in that deficit, so say it was a 1500 was your deficit and you burn say another, again, for number six, you burn another 200 calories, I'll say 300 calories off a day, mm -hmm. just from increasing metabolic rate, that's going to take your calories down to 1200 calories, which that's a, that's a lot. That's really low for a lot of people, especially at that phase as well. Yeah, you know, you'd be you'd be advantageous to actually increase that. And so instead of saying, "Well, I'm going to be in a, a more a, a bigger deficit," we'll actually just go back to maintenance, have more energy. The chance are if you go into a bigger deficit, you're going to have less energy, you're going to move more, and you, your life's going to suck. And then at that point is probably when most people just like like sort of act out on the cravings and stuff, and literally eat the entire fridge out yeah. out of pure hunger. Sort of say if they've had a bad day at work, and that adds onto the top of it. So, sort of so many different things, and when you're in that sort of state of where you're just so hungry, and it's less likely that you would adhere to it. Yeah, that's the thing. Is you, you mean, cravings are going to be kind of up. So if you if you push yourself into an extreme deficit, you're going to you're going to, you're going to binge more. Mm. The, the fact is, you will binge more, and it's it. I would say it's it's the wrong time to be then um, soldiering on and power through it and. You know, a lot of, again, this is why I think trainers should have a look at, or personal trainers should be having a look at the, and understand the basics of the menstrual cycle, because then they're going to have maybe have a little bit of compassion when women get to this point and they are craving, and you say, oh, well, you just, you're just being greedy, and no, you're not. There's actually, there's, there's, there's a physiologically, you are hungry, yeah. <laughs> yeah, from the physiologic aspect, it's, it's something, you know, you're burning more calories, and it's just really something that you should, should consider at that time. Mm -hmm. Because I suppose that that's, in this sense, sort of two out of four weeks in deficit, whereas the other two weeks you just remain in, at maintenance, is better than sort of two weeks at a deficit and then the last two weeks being in sort of a surplus and just binging out of just yeah. out of hunger. Pretty much. And uh, you could you could pay this any way you wanted to, because again, every female is different, every woman's different. Uh, you could say, well, I'll do three weeks of being in a deficit and I'm going to put them up to a week of maintenance. Maybe it lasts longer for you, so it could last up to ten days. Mm. You know, the, the the increase in metabolism can go anywhere. I think it's between five and ten days, based on research. Uh, you know, if you are longer, then maybe go to two weeks of maintenance. Mm -hmm. But you're still going to have two weeks when you're in a deficit. And this is why looking at things more longer term yeah. than shorter term. You say, okay, I've got the rest of my life to kind of get in good shape and lose body fat. Why don't I just enjoy my life? Yeah. You know, why don't I kind of work with the physiology that I've got? You know. And then just enjoy my life mm -hmm. rather than right. I've got to lose body fat. I've got to lose body fat. I've got to, oh man, your training sucks. And you know, I'm, I'm really hungry and I feel like a pig. No, you, you, your training's probably off a little bit because of the time of the month. Don't worry about that. Just accept the fact that it's, you are going to be maybe a little bit of weak, a little bit weaker and adjust, adjust your program to suit. Yeah. Um, and, I think from this as well, it's one of the extremes. If you think of sort of figure models, 
who push themselves to the extremes and then they get exceptionally low body fat levels. Yeah. Which for a female could be really detrimental. You know, um, you can get the absence of periods through this. And this is why I'm not really a big fan of females being in a, in a big deficit for so long. I do challenge people, and we've just done a challenge lately where I did put them down to 1,200 calories, but this was literally for a couple of weeks, and we had refeed days, and then we had a week where we start pulling calories back up. Mm. Uh, actually, we had an actual four-week period where we were putting calories back up again, but there was a deficit, but it was all controlled. Yeah. But I think the thing is as well, it's, again, especially from a, a female perspective, we always want to pull the calories right down, and it would be so detrimental to the physiology if you start kind of missing periods and start becoming irregular, this can be a huge, huge detriment to your health. Mm -hmm. so you can literally, I'm sure I was reading somewhere that you, you can genuinely like sort of lose your menstrual cycle and you can't like have kids anymore when you diet down to a certain amount of calories and stuff. Once you've lost it, it's sort of like... Well, it can cause a lot of, it can cause a lot of damage to your physiology. You might never get that physiology back. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's, I think that's a big thing for, for women to consider is, you know, what, is it worth sacrificing, you know, your long-term health for the sake of getting that little bit leaner a little bit quicker? Or well, I'm just taking it over a longer period, mm. no pun intended. Um, <laughs> um, enjoy it, enjoy the process and, you know, do challenge yourself by all means, challenge yourself to do it in a controlled environment. Mm -hmm. Don't think, well, I'm just going to drop down 1,200 calories and stay there until you're, you're happy because you'll probably never be happy. Yeah, you're always going to be miserable because who wants to survive on 1,200 calories? You know, imagine if you were 1,200 calories and then you go to the luteal phase of your uh, the menstrual cycle and you drop by another 300. You're going to be in like 900 calories a day. Nine, 900 calories a day. Who wants to survive on 900 calories a day? It's, abs it's, it's absolutely crazy. Um, but they're just things to consider. These, these aren't sort of set in stone. They are things just to consider. Um, and then to the training. So should you modify your training? I just want to touch on a few little things that could potentially, again, from experience, uh, that could happen within the sort of menstrual cycle. Uh, so late in the follicular phase, uh, tendon recovery could be inhibited. Now, I've noticed a lot with my female clients that sometimes they get a lot of elbow pain, specifically when they're doing pull-ups and things mm. in the tendons around about this time. This time, it could be a good time to maybe back off with the stress in the joints. Uh, maybe don't do as much volume. doesn't mean you can't do pull-ups or anything that stresses the joints, just not as much volume. Reduce the impact as well. So if you're doing any jumping or sprinting or anything like this, maybe just reduce that within that time so you're not getting any kind of joint pains. Um, right after the ovulation, again, with that increase of temperature, you might feel a little bit discomfort, so you might find it difficult. So imagine that you're at that point where your body temperature's increased, but then you're stuck in a really sort of small, stuffy room doing a high-intensity class, mm. where it's just it's a massive sweat fest. That's going to be really uncomfortable. Yeah. You know, these are things to kind of consider. Maybe that's a good time not to be in a little sweat fest room and be in a bit more open space, go outside and train. Yeah. Um, again, just things to consider. Um, and again, right after ovulations, where your strength can decrease. And I mentioned this last week about one of my yeah. clients who has weak week. Yeah. Uh, and she was actually really disheartened until we actually discovered that. Actually, this is actually normal. Yeah, this and is sort of physiology. Ex expected. Yeah, so we kind of, what we do now is she says, oh, it's weak week, so we don't expect her to hit any PBs. Yeah. But we just do, we just train. Yeah. And just maybe work a bit more on movements. We drop it down, we think a bit more of a deload week. Mm -hmm. uh, and if she doesn't kind of, she can still push herself if she wants to. She feels like she wants to, but she doesn't put any pressure on herself to do it. Yeah, she's not walking into the session being like, oh, I'm going to actually smash out all these different sort of lifts that I've done and get like new personal best for them. She's not expecting that when she walks in. So she's probably more likely to not leave the gym disappointed. Yeah, exactly. The performance. And not get too hung up when, well, the week before she got eight pull-ups and this week she's only got five. Mm. Because it's it's that time, it's it's, it's fine. You know, if you can kind of deal with it. Yeah. Um, but it's just acceptance. But if you understand it, and especially if you get coached by someone, and the coach understands it, then the program can be adapted to suit. Which, you know, everybody, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. So, so they're just a couple of 
things that you could kind of consider for your training. But I know there's research that suggests that um, in the follicular phase that you could be more beneficial doing more strength work. Mm. Um, and then the luteal phase, you could be a bit more volume based. But everybody's different. Yeah, and I suppose it depends on your goal, really, I suppose. So say if you want to sort of, I'm just trying to think of how, how I'm going to, if you want to sort of, yeah, so if you want to sort of go into the gym and do, train like sort of more volume because that's in line with your goals, then you could even still do volume in the first two weeks just because it's sort of recommended that you have, that you should do, do it in the first two weeks. Obviously, if it's in line with what you want to achieve, then I'd, then I'd do it then. I think that makes, yeah. makes sense. Well, that's the thing. You have to base everything on what your goals are. Mm. And then if you need to adapt things to suit, then don't be afraid to adapt things. So if your program says three sets of five, actually you're not really feeling the strength and you want maybe to work on three sets of ten because it's going to be less sort of stress on you and you don't really that's where you're at and do that yeah you don't have to kind of say what's on the paper this is why I just have an understanding of physiology and where where you're at at that time of the month and I think kind of to just to wrap it up um comparison Aaron touched on this last week and not comparing week one to week two um where I've always kind of promoted the people is compare week one so if you think of it over a 12 week period again no pun intended Again, just think of it over a 12-week period, and instead of comparing week one to week two to week three to week four, compare week one to week five, compare week two to week six, compare week three to week seven. You know, you comparing your strength gains or maybe your measurements, whatever your goal, specific goal is at that time, just compare that. Don't compare week by week. Mm. Again, guys are different. Guys can compare week by week because nothing really changes. Yeah. But from a female perspective, don't get too hung up on what you were doing last week. Just look back to what you were doing sort of three weeks ago mm-hmm. and then compare that to your performance or the results that you've got now. Like even just comparing it to the different stages of each cycle. So like say at the very start of it, like say day one compared to the sort of the day one last time. <coughs> Sorry, I thought when I was cooking then it's putting us off. But um yeah, so each different phase of the menstrual cycle that you're in, it might be worth comparing sort of the results from the previous cycle and the of the cycle before that and the cycle before that just because obviously if you do like go through any irregularities where it's like some one phase lasts like a few days longer then it might just throw off everything like throw off like all the weeks and stuff yeah. so you, you could you could base around the whole cycle and then document what you've done and then mm-hmm. again when it starts again document what you've done do it that way but just have something that you can kind of work with i think the biggest Big thing to take away as well is I think a lot of people, a lot of women going blind with it. Mm. And it's just, they want to do everything straight away. And you know, then they get upset when, when things aren't quite going to plan. It's a case sitting back and coming up with like the whole approach and say, okay, over the next six months, this is what I want to achieve. All right, they'll break it down into kind of blocks. Yeah. And then like you're saying, maybe break it into blocks of four weeks or whatever it is. And then... Based on that, and work it out on there because I know that there are a few apps in which like you can sort of when you track it, it can sort of somewhat predict like the next phases and stuff. And when you're sort of when you start menstruating, when you'll be like most fertile for ovulation, and so on, it'll go through each of the different phases and it'll like work it out for you. Obviously, like some things can change because that's just an app and your body's obviously a bit different to that, it's not like linked by Bluetooth, but sort of it goes off different patterns so if you're having quite a regular pattern of say if it's the 28 days the average one if you spend sort of yeah 14 14 weeks in each different phase then that'll sort of keep track of that as a pattern so say if you're spending 14 days in one phase and then 18 days in the other then that'll keep track of that as well and it'll sort of start to adjust itself based on your patterns in your sort of history of your mm-hmm. menstrual cycle how long do you reckon until that happens bluetooth you ah. say there's a tablet you're going to swallow that and then you can track your whole physiology on your phone easily just i'd say just another decade because elon, elon musk is already talking about sort of putting i haven't like sort of seen too much of this other than i know that he's wanting to put like chips in the back of a human's head i um i don't know if any of you have seen kingsman 
where they did that. That yeah. first one. Yes, the first one where like they um, basically just drive everyone to go mental and stuff. Yes, with the mobile phones. Yeah, yeah, with the mobile phones, it's like oh, you get free data everywhere, and everyone's like, oh, right, go on then. But um, anyway, besides that, so he wants to try and put chips into people's heads. I'm not sure what he what he wants to sort of do with it yet. I haven't actually seen too much about it as of yet. But I think at that point is when you can sort of start to control things and start of. You can probably, if you can control the brain, then you can control everything else. I feel. To me, that's getting <coughs> far too scary. Yeah. I, I, you're taking away, like, I don't know, you're just taking away your humanity. Yeah. It's, oh, yeah. It's like you can, I don't know, I sort of think, imagine if everyone was sort of the same thing, same person, sort of, in the same, they could just get everything like that, like in an instant. Because with that, you can sort of change a certain amount of, like, certain with that you can sort of change different things in the brain and how you think about stuff and sort of how everyone sort of thinks you could genuinely i don't know i think it'd be good and bad i suppose there's different downsides to it but if you're if you like say you had say you had some real issues with um confidence for Mm -hmm. example so if you had a chip in your head and then they could actually change the way you think yeah to me that's taking away your control you're not actually learning how to deal with your confidence issues yeah so to me this is this is the whole point of self-development journeys mm-hmm. and these kind of things you, you're finding ways to get around it as opposed to someone saying i'm going to make you confident it's like flick like a switch a there fix. you go yeah i'm going to get rid of that imposter syndrome flick a switch there you go because then you're never going to learn mm. and i think it does just i think this technology it does kind of scare me a little bit but i say with that i say with that thing a lot of people do that with different sort of ways and sort of say alcohol is an example like i think we mentioned this in a really early podcast something like black eye friday and once everyone gets drunk they turn into like the next the next big deal in the ufc <laughs> but with that i think obviously if he was just out in out in the middle of nowhere sort of like on his way to work he wouldn't be he probably wouldn't be doing that he'd probably just be watching a youtube video of conor mcgregor knocking um cowboy cerrone out in the first round i don't know why i went so so specific with that but then say fast forward with friday when he's had a few pints, he's all of a sudden, oh, I... Because he thinks he's caught him with guy. Exactly. He's watching him on YouTube. He's like, oh, I watched the video, I can, I can do this just as I'm a professional. And then, and then tries it and just falls straight over, straight on, his, uh, straight on his face. So you would have that chip in the back of your head to knock that off? Yeah, that's the only thing. Instead of alcohol, it's just a different chip and you can control it through your app. Through your, through or you could just, just stop being a moron. Yeah, pretty much, and not, just not get the chip, I suppose. But again, it's all part of self-development, isn't it? We've all been in positions yeah. where we've done stupid things or, you know, I've probably done a lot of things in the past where I think, oh, God, I don't want to do that for. Mm-hmm. You know, I've had maybe too much to drink and done stupid things. But to me, you learn from my experiences. Yeah. As long as you don't, you know, kill somebody or do something like really bad, then you learn from their, their experiences. Yeah. And sort of understand then when the next situation in which that comes around, you can be like, oh, hang on, actually, I did that last time. Let's not do that again, just because I didn't like how oh. the situation unfolded after that. I watched this, uh, it's called Black Mirror. Have you ever seen Black Mirror? Oh, yeah, that's... It was weird. It was the very first one I watched, and it was... Basically, you could video record your life. Oh, is that you see that? Yeah. You could video, you video record your life, and you could watch it back. And it was really, really... It was, it was, it was bizarre. Absolutely bizarre. And I think the guy's kind of wife cheated on him or something. Yeah, and I can't so he the watched story it exactly. through that. And it was then he watched the back and seen his kind of wife. It was just weird. I know. I think, obviously, there'd be good things because you can sort of replay and go over the good memories. But then, same time, like, say, bad memories. Because imagine with that, how that would work. Sort of, do you feel the emotion as if you're there in person? Or are you watching it? Because the way that it would, like, unfold in real life, like, say, if you're, like, a cameraman or if you... Because obviously, if it records through your eyes, do you go back to that moment and feel the same emotions as you did, or would it just be literally like putting like sort of glasses, like the VR on? Yeah. Mm. yeah, I wouldn't like to experience it, but to be fair, I, I just like being. I'd rather someone just said, just go and sort your shit out. Yeah, just go and sit in the woods for a couple of weeks and just sort your shit out and come back. Yeah, you know, sit with your own thoughts, sit with your own mind, and. Mm. To me, it just adds. I, I hate the I hate the unnatural side of the way technology is going. Maybe that's just me. Yeah, but why it's sort of 
I think like the bio, like I think they use the phrase biohack in certain certain senses where it's like they use technology to sort of do all the rubbish that they don't really want to do wouldn't even know that's like the foundations of which they would grow on. Yeah, it's just it's just just wrong. Mm. Getting away from nature. Well but anyway. That's it. I think that that's was a, a little bit of a rabbit hole. Well, good good way to end off on a podcast but, um, to be fair. So that's kind of that's a podcast for the day guys. Thanks for listening. Um again feedback much appreciated anything you kind of like us maybe to discuss. We do like the well, I hope it's informative. Mm. And if you want to kind of follow us on any other platforms, um, YouTube, we do a lot of YouTube videos. Uh, you go on YouTube. Uh, we'll put the links in the in the show notes. Our Instagram handles, we'll put them in as well. And yeah, we'll put all the links in there. So if you want to follow us for more, from you got to put my personal uh, handle in there. You can follow me on, on Instagram. I do quite a bit on stories. I don't do so much on the on the on the feed itself, but I do a lot of personal stuff on the stories and I mm-hmm. do sort of say a lot of random stuff at times. Yeah. Like the rabbit holes that we we'll go through down on this, you'll understand where they come from. Yeah. In definitely. a way. But thanks for listening guys. We'll uh, catch up with you next week. Also and just want to quickly mention to go onto the show notes on Apple podcasts if you just because I know that um because last night when my mom was um I think it was last night, but do you know how you can change the speeds on it? Right. So she accidentally changed it and she didn't realise. And then she was like, Aaron, can you listen to this? And she pressed play and it sounds as if we were chipmunks. And I was like, oh, no, do that. Because I like, accidentally set the speed and uploaded. And I was looking around panicking and I was seeing it. And she was like, oh, like two times as fast. And I was like, all right, you just click that. And she was like, oh, so how do you get onto the show notes? I was like, oh, you just scroll. So for those of you listening on Apple Apple Podcasts, um, all you do is sort of scroll, up, scroll down to the sort of bottom area it'll say show notes and then all you do is click the view show notes and then that's where they'll all unfold and that's where all the links will be awesome not too sure on spotify as i don't i don't actually personally use that or any of the other ones because you have to i think a lot of them are like paid membership ones which are pretty weird but anyway oh there you go just just so you know just in case and that's us out yeah until next week which Next, isn't next week? Yeah, next week we'll be doing a live one from Aaron's um charity event. Uh, we'll be doing a live podcast from that. So, yeah, yeah. so if you got was. so if you do have any questions from this and you want to put us on the spot, then you can come down to about five o'clock, I think. So, yeah. We'll, yeah. five o'clock next week, yeah, five o'clock next week, Saturday the 8th, is when we will be recording the live podcast. Cool, so until then, enjoy your week. Goodbye.